podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on a crimson elephant toy, what a beautiful noise. Hang your stockings and fill them with sugar, here comes Bosco's Boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for what will be our Sugar Bowl preview. We'll chat a little bit, really more on the macro sense. Chris Kleiman has had a handful of media availabilities connected to the uh, Sugar Bowl. But really, uh, I mean, it's a lot of coach speak. I'm recording this before he has a few media availabilities in New Orleans, I listened to his welcome press conference yesterday, or two days ago, uh, if you guys are listening to this on release day. So I'll talk about that. I will talk about what is at stake for this game. I'll give some keys to V, and then I will just talk about the Big 12 during bowl season, make some predictions for some games that have not yet happened. Before we do... You know them, you love them. It is the greatest craft brewery in the entire state of Kansas, and I think in the region, and that is Manhattan Brewing Company. You guys have heard me talk about how great their beers are. You guys have heard me talk about how you need to be telling your local liquor store that they need to be, you know, carrying those four packs. You've heard me talk about how great their tap room is. Well, speaking of their tap room, full 32 ounce crowler to take away with you for all those taproom exclusive beers. Now, some of my best and favorite some of the best and my favorite beers you can find in liquor stores. But if you want some of these exclusives like the Condor back in the day, like some of these awesome collaborations that they're doing, you need to go into the taproom, you need to get yourself a crowler, and you need to enjoy all 32 ounces of that goodness while you take it away. While you're right there, remember, get a couple of the freshest pints in the entire state of Kansas, and they have a fully stocked beer with signature cocktails as well. So the next time you are in Manhattan, make your first stop, Manhattan Brewing Company. I promise you're going to thank me. All right, let's get into it. First and foremost, things that we have learned from some of the Chris Kleiman press availability, we should be seeing all of our players. You know, there were a handful of injuries before uh, and during the, the Big 12 championship game. We should be seeing them all. We've seen clips from practice where we've seen Echo Boydo. We've seen... Uh, Malik Knowles. We're seeing Adrian Martinez suited up in the green jersey. We should have our full complement of players. Just like Alabama, we're not seeing any of our draft prospects opt out either. This is going to be about as good personnel-wise as you could ask for for K-State 
and for Alabama. Of course, you know, no Kobe Savage. Uh, no, uh, you know, he, he is out. Um, but you're going to see, hopefully, uh, Uso being available. Hopefully, you're going to see uh, Echo Boido, like we said. So, of course, we've had those season-ending injuries. Um, but anyone who didn't have a season-ending injury, they should be good to go. Man, I wish we were going to have Kobe Savage in this game as well. Um, and then there was just a lot of praise, a lot of coach speak about how great a season it is and what great reward it will be to play Alabama in the bowl game from Chris Kleiman. Um, for better or worse, whenever you're playing a team like Alabama in one of these bowl games, you are going to get a lot of questions uh, surrounding that. And Chris Kleiman has handled handled it perfectly. There was there are two very funny um, comments where I, I think Chris Kleiman let um, you know a, a li- he he let a little bit of personality out and he let a little bit of uh, uh, I, I don't know swagger is the right word I don't know if um, I don't I don't really know what the right word is but uh, th- there's two times in his last two press conferences the first one was the signing day press conference and and I love Mitch Fortner. Uh, Mitch Fortner, I don't know if it was worded the way he wanted to, but talked about how the best players in the state of Kansas, especially when they're a blue chip, they usually go to a big name program. Well, Chris Kleiman comes back and says, well, isn't K-State a big name program? So he had the perfect reaction to that. And then in New Orleans at his welcome press conference, he was asked, I believe, three Maybe even four questions about Tulane. Uh, you know, again, Tulane's in New Orleans. I'm sure it was a New Orleans beat writer who was asking all this. But he kind of chirped back and said, hey, look, they've had a great season. They're rewarded for that season. They get to play USC in the Cotton Bowl. We've moved on from that, and we're not really worrying about that game. You know, he gave the perfect little coach speak answers leading up to that, talking about how, hey, you know, look at their season. It was sure a hell of a game, all that type of stuff. But I do think it was interesting um, that, A, <laughs> that that uh, wh- whoever it was, whether they're just a New Orleans person or if they do cover Tulane, decided to go back to uh, for a second and a third question about Tulane. But hey, sure enough, I, I think Chris Kleiman handled it well, and even with his little uh, bit of a chirp back. Um, but outside of that, you're not really hearing much. Um, the, the one thing about these bowl games, it isn't the typical media structure. After recording this, full disclosure, I'm recording this early afternoon on the 27th. There will be a lot more media. I would just say keep an eye on K-State Online and EMA Online's YouTube page. They always have all sorts of press availability, not just the coaches, but the players as well. But I really wanted to talk about what this game means. I flirted with this idea and talked about it on yesterday's episode. But I truly do think for K-State football, for the football program as a whole, this is setting up to be the game that will determine where this season lands in the history of K-State football. Now, I think that the most important thing K-State football will ever be able to accomplish in a season, um, and the ultimate goal should always be winning the conference title. 
for that reason, I think this season already, without a doubt, is one of the top three seasons, greatest seasons in K-State football history. I'm not saying greatest teams or anything like that, but if you if you tell me right now, you know, the 1998 season, the season that everyone holds up on a pedestal, I put this season, I put 2012, I put 2003 all in front of the season that ultimately happened in 1998. You know, I, I put the, I talked about some of these seasons, you know, that 95 season, that 99 season, even that 2000 season in front of 1998. The 1998 team could beat every single one of these teams, but all those other seasons, you know, those other three that I mentioned had big-time bowl wins and big-time final rankings. The three seasons I put in front of those, even though all three, or at least two of these three, maybe all three, depending on what happened Saturday, may have worse rankings than those three, but winning the Big 12 title, I put those seasons in front of any of those others as well. But the one thing that can put this season above all others, all the other Big 12 championship seasons is a marquee bowl win and what would be a top 10 finish in the final AP and coaches poll. And with a win over Alabama, depending on what else happens, you could match, if not have, the best final ranking in an AP and coaches poll. Now, a lot of that is going to have to do with what happens in some of the other bowl games. You know, if if you win, I think at worst, you're 7th or 8th. You might need a little bit of help to get into 5th or 6th place, depending on some of the other bowl games. But it's all on the table if you win. And this would be, without a doubt, the greatest bowl win K-State has ever had. Now, you had a... Very fun victory over Syracuse back in the 97 uh, Fiesta Bowl. You've had some good Holiday Bowl wins. You had the Cotton Bowl win in 2000, the 2000 Cotton Bowl. I think it happened in 2001. But this would then be the best, the greatest bowl win of all time. It would be a bowl win over what has been this generation's number one college football program of all time. We saw what a bowl win over an LSU team that had a lot more opt-outs, a lot more transfers than what Alabama's about to have. What that did to catapult K-State's brand and team morale into the next season. If you truly boil down to it, This is the most important bowl game in well over a generation. I will listen to the fact that when Bill Snyder was building this up the first time, back when, again, society, sports society as a whole, held bowl games up in a much higher uh, status. Everyone can go back to the episode that was published on the 26th. And here are my thoughts on the status of bowl games. They have not lost any status in my mind. But sports society as a whole has, uh, you know, listened to the suits in New York and 
uh, as a society have, have de- de- uh, downgraded and kind of uh, said that bulls have started to lose some of their meaning. It is what it is. I'm not fighting that fight on this episode. So some of those early bowl games, um, especially, you know, you look back at that 95 Holiday Bowl. And hell, even that Copper Bowl win uh, probably did a lot more for the program than what this would do. But uh, since, you know, the 2003 Fiesta Bowl, and I, I think this is this is way more important than the 2003 Fiesta Bowl as well. Especially in hindsight, knowing what the next two seasons turned out to be. Bill Snyder's final two seasons in his first regime. Um, this, this one means even more than that one does. That's why I, I have been really pumping this game up to mean quite a bit. Now, unlike some of the games we've played, you know, it's been do or die. It truly has been do or die since... Uh, that first loss to see to well the only loss the first game versus TCU ever since that game it has every week has been do or die this is not a do or die type situation even if we were to lose I still believe at worst this is the third best season in K State football history and I think you could maybe make an argument for it being the best season the best resume now I I probably won't make that case I think resume wise uh the 2012 team only having a one conference loss um probably would have that I don't know that's going to be an off-season episode regardless regardless of what happens that is going to be a conversation for another day but this game just is the exclamation point on what has already been an amazing season. For Chris Kleiman, uh, again, he already got a finalist nod for National Coach of the Year. He already has one Big 12 championship. He has three, two good, and one great season in real college football seasons. His stock is going up regardless of what happens here. But again, it's all about putting that extra icing, that extra exclamation point on legacy moments for this season. This is the last time to do it. This is the last time to do it. Win this game, get a head-to-head win over Nick Saban. Again, Chris Kleiman becomes everything that the national media tried to say Matt Campbell was. A man who is truly building a contender on the national stage, a, a what will hopefully turn into a year-in, year-out contender for the Big 12 in Manhattan, Kansas. Getting a head-to-head win over Nick Saban, you just beat him on the recruiting trail for Will Lee. Beating him head-to-head on the field does a ton for any coach's legacy. Again, we've seen what happens to coaches in the SEC. If they get a win over Nick Saban, usually what happens is they get a big, fat contract extension and then... (laughs) Well, at least in the SEC, those teams then seem to uh, later regret it. It's not going to happen here. I want Chris Kleiman to stay forever, and I want him to get a statue on the east side of the stadium um, because I, I think the potential for Chris Kleiman to at least, uh, you know, trophies-wise, eclipse even what Bill Snyder did, um, I, I think the potential is there when it comes to big-time bowl wins, 
when it comes to Big 12 championships. He's halfway there in Big 12 championships. Now, he ne- he needs to match that, that, that big-time bull count. You know, d- whatever you want to say about Bill Snyder's uh, bull record, he has a Fiesta Bowl win. He has a Cotton Bowl win. He has an Alamo Bowl win. Now, again, the Cotton Bowl now has more prestige than it did then, but it was always a big-time bowl. The Holiday Bowl, not even a Big 12 Bowl anymore, but again, that upper-middle class of bowls. You know, I, I don't think Chris Kleiman has anything that compares to what the Holiday Bowl used to be. That, that was a great Texas Bowl win. Texas Bowl, you know, is a middle-class type bowl. This is his first time to really have a shot at a big-time bowl game. And, and I really want Chris Cotton to take advantage of it. If you look at the individual players, what's on the line? First off, I, I want to give all the kudos in the world to Felix and DK Uzama for coming back. I, I truly do, because uh, no one would have blamed him for opting out, getting any sort of work done, and then start getting ready for combine season no one would have blamed him but he's coming back and this gives him a chance to really put an exclamation point on his career at k-state one of the greatest edge rushers one of the greatest defensive linemen in k-state football history a guy who i believe will go up on the ring of honor again you have the final game for all sorts of seniors Echo Boydo, Julius Brents, both those guys are going to be playing, ironically enough, not against NFL wide receivers. Not against NFL wide receivers. But again, to announce yourself, to get on the NFL draft boards, to continue to make a little bit of noise going into draft season, Julius Brents, he's going to the Senior Bowl. But for Echo Boydo, who it doesn't look like he's getting any invites to any of these uh, All-Star games, to put one final game on a marquee opponent, despite them maybe not having an NFL wide receiver, out there on tape to try to earn yourself some, uh, you know, love. Maybe earn a combine uh, invite. Maybe, uh, you know, get on some, you know, draft boards uh, to get some of these, uh, you know, franchise visits. It's going to be massive for him as an individual. You look at a guy like Deuce Vaughn. Again, it's his final chance, and he is going to be going up against some NFL players. Here's the thing about the Alabama defense. The Alabama defense, they're starting 11. I believe all 11 will be playing in the NFL. I think you're playing against an NFL defense. So for Deuce Vaughn, for Cooper Beebe, for Will Howard, for Malik Knowles, for Ben Sennett, for all of those individuals on offense, this again is a legacy game. This is a measuring stick game. This is a prove it to the outsiders game. Because again, you are playing versus an NFL starting 11. Not starting 11. An NFL 11. All 11 of these starters are going to be NFL players. And if you look at especially the tackles, you're going up against a top three pick. Again, the offensive line, especially KT and especially Duffy, those tackles are going up against the who is going to be the number three pick. And again, I, I talked about how Alabama's offense doesn't have an NFL wide receiver. Well, they do have who the, the player who is going to be the first overall draft pick 
in this spring's NFL draft. They also have an offensive lineman who is probably going to be a first-round draft pick as well. So again, while maybe they don't have those guys on the offense, (laughs) there's still plenty of future millionaires that you're going to be going up against. The K-State defense going against the Alabama offense. And like I said, I think you're about to face 11 players who will be drafted in the NFL when your offense takes it on their defense. I truly believe that. Will Howard, I don't really think there's much more for him to prove this season. I think regardless of what happens in this game, K-State fans are going to be jazzed. And K-State fans are going, and I know this, I know this because I love it. I love this about K-State fans. No one rides harder for their guys than K-State fans. When Will Howard isn't the preseason All-Big 12 pick, you know, when Media Days comes around in July and Will Howard is not the preseason quarterback, I know K-State fans, and they're going to be pissed. And they're going to take that as a personal slight. And it doesn't matter what happens in this game. Now, if he lights it up for like 280 and a couple touchdowns, Maybe a rushing touchdown as well. Yeah, there, there might be a little bit more venom in July when it happens. But I don't think there's anything Will Howard can do that's going to change this from being one of the greatest turnarounds, single season turnarounds in college football history, and one of the greatest legacy turns in K-State football history. I, I, I don't think I don't even think that there can be a cherry on top of the Sunday that was Will Howard's season. Now we are going to get Adrian Martinez in this game. And I'm not looking for him to get like 20 plays or anything like that. I would love to see him get five plays. I would love to see him out there. I'd love to see him, you know, in a first and goal from the eight situation. They run a quarterback draw or quarterback read and he gets in the end zone. Gets to do the, you know, it's it's 9 a.m. celebration. Everyone celebrate uh, Adrian Martinez because, again, I think I think when when the history of this season is told, and as much as I just ranted and raved about how great Will Howard was, I still think we win the Big 12 championship with Adrian Martinez. I know some folks disagree. That's fine. That's not neither here nor there. But I don't think Adrian Martinez, when the history book, when, when this season's looked back on, is going to get nearly enough credit. For what he did to start off Big 12 play. I don't think he's going to. And I think he'll unfairly kind of uh, have the Texas game held over him. Which statistically was one of the greatest games in the history of K-State football. So I hope he's able to get his crescendo moment. I hope he's able to get his, uh, you know, his his one shining moment. uh, You know, if this was the NCAA tournament. I hope he can make a play or two. But don't, don't. Take me saying that um, as a slight because I still want to see Will Howard take 95% of the snaps. I care a lot about this game and I care a lot about the future of K-State football. And that is Will Howard. So that is a lot of the stuff that is on the line. What's to play for? Stuff I'll be looking at. I don't know. I never really came up with a good, you know title for what that is but hey it is what it is now it is time to get into the keys to be presented by charlie hustle basically i'm just going to challenge anyone to find a better crew neck 
than Charlie Hustle. Their sweatshirts, and I assume ho- ho- their hoodies. I don't have any of their hoodies. I'm a crew neck guy. But their crew necks are so comfortable, and so are their joggers. I basically wake up every morning. I throw on one of my now, I, I just counted, over 10 Charlie Hustle crew neck sweatshirts and one of the three pairs of joggers I have, and I just go on with my day. They are so comfortable. They're great for every occasion, whether it is going getting some wings at a barn grill, some beers at Manhattan Brewing Company, or just sitting back and watching bowl games all day. Charlie Hustle crewnecks are going to get the job done, whether you're inside Bill Snyder Family Stadium, the Superdome, or inside the Octagon of Doom at Bramlage Coliseum. They're the most comfortable thing in the world. They have the most stylish, officially licensed K-State designs in the world. They have some great stuff for their Arrowhead collection, their Kansas City Icons collection, and their Kansas City Hearts. I promise you, your next favorite sweatshirt, hoodie, joggers, T-shirts, long sleeve T-shirt, whatever it is. I promise they are waiting for you over at Charlie Hustle. Now let's get to the keys to V for this game. Um, I think, you know, again, take them for what they're worth. I'm just a guy with a podcast who's done a ton of episodes. I'm no expert. But this is how I see, see the game going. I think the number one thing you need to do is establish the run. Will Howard in the passing game have been the story ever since he came in to, to play for uh, play in relief of Adrian Martinez when he got hurt. But Deuce Vaughn is still the most electric player in the Big 12. If you can get him going, it is only going to allow the K-State pass catchers one-on-one coverage Probably a little bit of zone coverage because you're going to need safety and linebacker help with Deuce Vaughn. And it is going to allow Will Howard to thread those needles, make those, you know, highlight passes, especially when guys are one-on-one. You get Deuce Vaughn going, and when he starts to feel himself, any play he touches the ball can be a touchdown as well. So I think that has to be the number one key. The number two key is going to be turnover margin and field position. Alabama is very good at everything, including special teams, including forcing turnovers and holding on to the ball themselves. If you're going to beat a team like Alabama, coached by... Maybe the best coach in the history of college football who has a starting 11 on defense, all of which are going to play in the NFL. You cannot be giving them extra possessions and you cannot be giving them short fields. And on the same time, you need yourself short fields and extra possessions to take care of business. Now, K-State is more than capable of doing just that. We've seen that a few times this season as well, but we've also seen it go the other way. Luckily, when you look at the kicking game, Ty Zentner is the best three-way kicker in all of college football. I also think that our kickoff and punt coverage teams, while 
maybe a, a little iffy early in the season. I think they've really come around. So I believe he is going, or Ty Zentner and the coverage teams are going to do a good job when called upon in pinning Alabama back. Now, do we have one of those patented, you know, K-State special teams touchdowns? Do we have a big return? I'm not sure. But it sure would be nice. The last time K-State played in a massive bowl, we'll remember DeAnthony Thomas absolutely terrorized us on special teams. So ultimately on kickoffs, I, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to risk it. I'd just say, hey, Ty, boot it out there. But you know what? Sometimes you gotta let the Porter brothers eat. And you gotta hang it up there and let one of those two make a play. And if that's the case, then hey, fine by me. I trust anything Chris Kleiman wants to do. And on punt returns, I would just, you know, call a fair catch. Kickoff returns, I'd say, hey, no penalties. Let's see what we can do. But again, I trust Chris Kleiman. So I think those are going to be big ones. Can we get, uh, you know, one of the patented Felix and UDK Uzama strip sacks? One of the all-time leading forced fumble forcers in Big 12 history, in K-State history? Can we get one more Julius Brent's interception? Can we get, you know, uh, Eli Huggins tip ball at the line of scrimmage and one of the linebackers, Daniel Green, get right underneath it? I don't know. I hope so. It is going to be a tall task. Bryce Young's the real deal. But we'll see what happens. Number three, key to V, find some explosions. Find some explosions. I, and this kind of goes hand in hand uh, talking about, um, you know, the defense forcing turnovers, we need some havoc. We need tackles for losses. We need sacks. We need forced fumbles. We need pass breakups. We need explosive plays. We need 20, 30, 40 plus yard plays. I don't think we're going to win a meat grinder with Alabama. So to make it count, you need some explosive plays, both on offense and defense. And number four, just go out there and play with that excitement, play with that swagger, play with what has become the new Kansas State Wildcat football brand. You know, it's not always mistake-free football. It's not. That's not the brand. I truly believe the brand right now is playing fun, exciting, light-your-hair-on-fire football. You know, it's celebrating a little bit. It's playing with some swagger. It is being the villain on occasion, again, there, there, there's no game. There, there might not be another game in my lifetime where Alabama is playing and the other team is the villain. We're not gonna, we're, we're not gonna be the villain. There's no world in which K State is the villain for this game. But again, they play with a little bit of villain energy. K State does, and I love that. It is. I, I don't think it has ever happened in my lifetime. Again, I, I'm not old enough to kind of remember if they played with like villain energy in the late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, but you know, most of my life that I can remember K-State kind of almost, uh, was talked about like they're a service Academy team. Oh, you know, the, the, they play buttoned up football, mistake free, no penalties, even though they had tons of penalties, but I want that swagger. I want that, Celebration. I want that little bit of smack talk. Don't be afraid of the situation. I don't think they will, but if they come in there 
if, if they act like they don't belong, if they kind of lose who they are, playing with that villain energy, then I don't think the game's going to go our way. But I think it is. Look, I'm going to give my prediction right now for the game, and uh, then I'm going to talk about uh, the Big 12 Bowl games. Uh, so, you know, I know a lot of you are going to end up having to drive to New Orleans, um, so this probably won't be super long episode like you guys would like. There will be a live show tomorrow, 7 p.m., Wednesday, 7 p.m., Spotify Live. We're talking K-State versus Alabama. We're going to talk a little bit of K-State basketball. You know, on the Friday Whip Around show, I'll, I'll give at least my initial reaction to the K-State volleyball news. Uh, but, you know, I hope everyone is driving safely. If that's you. If you originally were going to have to fly, now you're driving, just be safe. But ultimately, how I see this game going, look, I, I think I'm, I'm picking with my heart, not my head. Because I want this to be the greatest season in K-State football history. I want another ESPN instant classic. I want Ty Zentner, you know, he, he grew up as a New Orleans Saints fan. I don't know how a Topeka Cat was a, a Saints fan growing up, but I want to have another viral moment of Ty Zentner walking out there and kicking a game-winning field goal. This time it's going to be in regulation. So I have K-State winning 30-27 to over Alabama. Going with my heart. Going with what I want to happen. Because it's no fun ever picking your team to lose. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I've done it before. I'm not. I'm not. We're going to beat Alabama. K-State is going to beat Alabama. 30-27. to Alright, we're going to go through the bowl games uh, in the Big 12, I'll make some predictions. I'll give some commentary. We've already seen one bowl game. Air Force beating Baylor. I, folks, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about Baylor. We'll see what happens next year. Um, yeah, we're just going to have to see what happens next year. I, I'm a big Dave Aranda fan. Uh, but this season has to be an unmitigated failure for Baylor. Uh, shout out to Jimmy who predicted Baylor. Uh, I don't know what he ended up predicting them, but they ended up going six and seven. And uh, you know, Jimmy said he was not buying into them as the preseason favorite at all. Uh, so Jimmy, one hundred percent, is uh, being vindicated with those preseason takes. Um, so they lose thirty to fifteen uh, versus Air Force. Um, it was a typical, it was a typical, uh, you know, armed service you know, academy bowl game where Baylor didn't do enough on offense and then they they just could not get enough stops. Um, Yeah, just a poor showing from Baylor. Uh, I'm recording this before the game. The game will have already happened by the time you guys listen. Oklahoma State, Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin, four and a half point favorites. Um, This is a very interesting situation. Oklahoma State has so many dudes in the portal. Uh, they might, of all the bowl teams, I think they might have the most guys in the portal. Um, Wisconsin, they just made a massive hire. Maybe the best hire in this coaching cycle, coaching carousel cycle. Um, but these aren't his guys. He's not coaching. 
um, the the guy that Wisconsin rallied around, I don't know if he's being retained or not. I can't remember. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Oklahoma State has, is eight and two against the spread in their last ten games. Gundy always seems to kind of find a way. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to predict Wisconsin wins in a close game. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, tomorrow, as you guys are listening to it, we got our friends from KU playing Arkansas. Memphis is under a uh, boil water advisory. Um, there isn't enough water pressure in most parts of the city, uh, so you can't even flush toilets. Hotels are closing their doors uh, saying, sorry, um, I know you had a reservation, but sorry. Um <laughs> You know, my brother, his wife, and a bunch of his buddies are driving to Memphis for this. I mean, I, I truly do feel bad for some of these KU fans. Um, only a two-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, but I am going to go with Arkansas. You know, they have their skill position players playing. Uh, at times, Arkansas has looked very good this season. Um, KU just kind of sputtering towards the end. Uh, after starting 5-0, and going 1-6 and in their final seven. I'm going with Arkansas, but KU winning that game would not surprise me at all. Texas Tech versus Ole Miss in the uh, ta- Tax Act uh, Texas Bowl. Mississippi State, three-and-a-half point favorites. Uh, look, I think Texas Tech ends up finding a way to get this done. I don't know anything about Ole Miss, but I'll say this about Texas Tech's team. They seemed bought in the entire season. I think that they have some talent. I think Texas Tech is going to be a spicy team for the foreseeable future. They're getting, they're playing this in Houston. Uh, Texas Tech fans over the last few years have really had like a renaissance. I, I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think they have ever been ashamed of who they are or anything like that. But, I, but I think especially with. Chris Beard leaving, ironically enough. I think Chris Beard leaving gave Texas Tech fans this kind of fuck you mentality. Said, no, we are over the top proud. We're going to be boisterous. Especially when games are played in the state of Texas. They've taken a lot of pride in traveling. So I think that in Houston, there are going. I think it's going to be close to a sellout. And I think it's going to be like 75, 70% uh, Texas Tech fans. So I think that they're going to upset Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, Oklahoma playing Florida State in Orlando in one of the two different Cheez-It Bowls. Uh, Florida State, nine and a half point favorites. They're ranked in the top 15. Oklahoma should not be playing this game. Uh, this is, I, I think a lot of teams got screwed over in the bowl pecking order. Uh, because the Cheez-It Bowl wanted to take Oklahoma. They wanted uh, you know, a big brand playing Florida State. I think Oklahoma's going to get destroyed, and I think they're going to end up having a losing record. We got Texas versus Washington in the Alamo Bowl. Texas, three-point favorites. Washington is ranked 12 in the nation. I do think Texas wins this. Uh, they don't have a lot of opt-outs. I do think Sarkeesian is a good coach. Now they lost both of their top running backs, um, Bijan and Rojan, I think. I don't know. I don't know the other guy. But their, their top two running backs are opting out. 
They will not be playing in this. But I do think that they will have enough. I, I think the Pac-12 are full of frauds. I think the fact that Washington is ranked in the top 15, they are fraudulent. They are not good. Uh, I think they uh, I think they lose. Um, TCU versus Michigan. Michigan is a 7.5 point favorite. I think it's closer than that. I think Michigan, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I think this is going to be, uh, I mean, what what is the over-under? The over-under is 58.5. No, I think this goes over. I think both teams are playing in the 30s. I think this is a close game. I think this goes like close to 70 points. I think this is going to be highly entertaining, but I think Michigan pulls it off. Um, the teams that uh, are going to be joining the Big 12, Cincinnati, lackluster performance versus Louisville, um, not really surprising. Um Losing their head coach, uh, just a weird bowl game. They lost that 24-7. to BYU with a close game, one of the most fun games uh, in uh, the bowl game, or in bowl season so far, 24-23 over SMU in the New Mexico Bowl. They were up big. SMU surged late, and BYU was able to hold on. Houston took care of Louisiana. They went 8-5. and five. Um a little bit of salvaging a season that started off so poorly in their final year in the American. So that was a look at the teams that will be incoming. Right? Louisville, Houston, BYU. Who didn't make a bowl game? Oh, no. Sorry. And Sorry. That's my fault. Also on Wednesday, as you guys are listening, 1 p.m., UCF versus Duke. Fuck it. UCF's going to win. They're going to end up with a 10-win season as they come into the Big 12 in the military bowl. There we go. Sorry about that. I was, I, I don't know why, but I always kind of forget about UCF. <sighs> I have a feeling their fans won't let us do that. I, I, I bet they're the most annoying fans to deal with in the new Big 12. But that's okay. All right, that's all we have for the podcast. Um I'm looking forward to the game, folks, and I'm looking forward to the live show tomorrow, Wednesday, 7 p.m., Spotify Live. Join if you can. We'll have the Whip Around show on Friday where we will have some primers. I will talk K-State men's basketball, K-State women's basketball, talk about the new volleyball hire. Um, So that's all we have. Remember to check out Manhattan Brewing Company in your local liquor stores and at the Tap Room in Manhattan. Uh, be checking out charliehustle.com for your most comfortable crew neck sweatshirt in the world. Uh, and yeah, that's all we have. I hope everyone who is having to change their travel pa- plans do so. They are able to get to New Orleans safely. Um, so for Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, for all the K-State fans in all the world, we love you guys. Go Cats. Glory in the combat for the
faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. We face state wildcats for alma mater. Fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Fight, faithful to our colors, we will ever be. Podcast Network.